3: Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. It is Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope you are well, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Good news is my voice is slowly coming back, getting back to normal. After Sunday's game of the Emirates, it's still not 100% there, as I'm sure you can probably hear at the moment. Still slightly croaky, but it is getting there. So good news on that front. And uh, yeah, still feeling very good after the way things ended on Sunday. Fantastic ending to the match. I covered that in yesterday's show in depth. If you haven't watched it yet, do go and have a look at that one. Um, a few bits to talk about. Obviously, we're in that international break now. I mean, horrible, isn't it? It's like we're just... I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. It's like you just start getting into sort of the momentum of the new season, just start getting into the rhythm of the new season, then bang, international break comes. Players head off everywhere for the next couple of weeks and you kind of have to wait. And they say, oh, I've got to wait till another couple of weeks now to that game against Everton, um, which is, i tell you what, again, something I was talking to my dad about yesterday. You should never at the moment the way things are going with Everton, you should never fear going to Everton, should you? You should be looking forward to that, thinking, yeah, should should do them. They're pretty pretty ropey, had a bad start to the season, yet to win a game. But what is it with Arsenal going to Goodison Park? You just kind of know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter how bad they are, how many games without a win they are, you just know what happens when Arsenal goes to Goodison Park. Hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood that changes this time and Arsenal can go up there and actually do the business for once in Merseyside and the Blues half of Merseyside. Um, But yes, feels like quite a long way away yet. Lots of games to get through internationally Uh, on that front. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, in today's episode as well. Talk a little bit about Nicolas Pepe, Jorginho as well. Got plenty of questions and comments from you guys at the end to go through as well. But I wanted to start off uh, today's show by just saying a big happy birthday to the man, the legend. Uh, can you call him a man? Yeah, 22. Uh, definitely a man now. Although you still kind of look at Bukayo and I think he's still a young kid who's just come out of Hale End, But obviously grown up into a man in front of our very eyes. So happy 22nd birthday to Bukayo Saka. I hope he has a very good day away with uh, England at St. George's Park as they get ready for their two games coming up against Ukraine and Scotland over the next couple of weeks. Bukayo, one of four Arsenal players, of course, in that England squad, including Eddie Nketiah for the first time. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale as well, and Declan Rice-Ben White. Somehow not in it, although I think we all know that's probably not for footballing reasons. but Because uh, if it was, he would 100% be in the squad. But happy birthday, Saka! I hope you have a fantastic day. OK, let's get stuck into internationals now, shall we? Arsenal have got 16 players, senior players, going away with their uh, international squads over the next couple of weeks. That feels like a lot, I've got to say. Over recent years, Sometimes when they've gone away on international breaks, Arsenal, a lot of players have stayed at Colney. But 16 now, that is an awful lot. And you just got to sit here, fingers crossed that nothing happens to any of them while they are away, especially Gabriel Jesus. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about here. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has been called up late to the Brazil squad. Initially, he wasn't in it. Gabriel Magalhães was, as was Gabriel Martinelli. But Jesus... Having just come back from his injury and just got back into the Arsenal team, yet to start a game for Arsenal since his comeback was left out. But because Anthony has been dropped because of those allegations, I'm sure you all are very much aware of about him, has been dropped by Brazil while those are all investigated quite rightly as well. Um, Gabriel Jesus has been called in. Now, as you can see, I have put a picture of what I tweeted about this yesterday on the screen. it's fantastic for Gabriel Jesus. He's brilliant. And, you know, I know the South American players, how proud they are to play for their country, how important it is to play for their country. And I know this will be huge for Gabriel Jesus. He'll be really, really happy. Um, I think he did speak to a few of the reporters who are down in the mix zone, like Tom Canson uh, and a couple of other reporters. He saw briefly talked to them after the game against um, United at a weekend. And he said he hadn't been called up at that, at that point. Um, and he kind of felt that was good, that was right. It's like, just give him another couple of weeks to spend at Colney, getting his fitness up. Continue to work at it because he's clearly, you know, you don't think he's, he's not 100% match fit yet. He's then played a couple of games off the bench. And he felt that was a good option, certainly from an Arsenal point of view, being purely selfish here. Um, yeah, so keep him at Colney, have two weeks working on his fitness and, and then maybe at the next international break, go away with Brazil. So, it's difficult not to see this news from an Arsenal perspective and just be like, oh, no, you know what's going to happen here. Hopefully it doesn't. But yeah, uh, it's great for Jesus. And I put this out on Twitter and I got a lot of responses to it. And some of them, you know, some of them were sort of in the same manner of I was speaking, but then others would like, know, you know what? It's probably good for him because he needs some he needs minutes. He needs to get fit. So going away, getting some minutes from Brazil, they'll probably carefully manage those minutes. You would expect they're going to be in conversations with Arsenal about exactly where he is in his fitness right now and how much he should play while he's away. And so it could be beneficial for Jesus to go over there you know, get, I don't know, two half an hour appearances off the substitute for Brazil and then come back for Arsenal he's got even more match, match fitness under his legs. So I can take that point as well. And I think it's, it is definitely a fair one, but I still, yeah, I don't know. I still look at it and just think I probably would have preferred Gabriel Jesus to stay at London Colney for the next two weeks and just take things a little bit easy, work on that fitness with the players who are left here, with the coaching staff, and then really get ready to hit the ground running um, when that Everton game rolls around in a couple of weeks' time. And um, I put up someone here from James' uh, a comment. I'll hear on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. It says basically, "Come on, you Gunners, stay safe out in FIFA land, boys." And I think that's what everyone's thinking. It's what everyone thinks, doesn't it? When you go when the international break is called, you know, I do, I don't like international break. I watch it obviously, and I very much want England to win everything that they play. But you just don't. There's just this fear during that international break the whole time of what say what happened to Gabriel Jesus during the World Cup something like that. It's just the the nightmare scenario, which you lose a player, really crucial player to Arsenal's plans for a long period of time while they're away with their um, national size. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen. There's so many players. Like I said, 16, as James says there, you just really hope they all stay safe. You've got the three Brazilians, like I said, the four with England. You've got people like um, Kai Havertz, obviously he's gone away with Germany, Tomiyasu with Japan. Um, Zinchenko's gone away with Ukraine. You know, just so many of the players have gone away. Uh, obviously, Thomas Partey hasn't. He's stayed at home because of this injury, but um, uh, so he's not away with Ghana. But you know, pretty much everyone else is. All the main guys in the Arsenal squad are. So for the first time in a while, certainly from what I can remember, Arsenal had this amount of players going away, and that's just going to sort of double... The amount of uh, anxiety, I think, during the international break, as we hope, fingers crossed, that everyone comes back. okay. but let me know what you guys think about the Gabriel Jesus situation. Are you, like me, a little bit worried about it? Or are you like the others who think, you know, this could be a good thing for him? Go away, get some minutes, get some extra sort of game time into those legs, and he'll come back even fitter and even stronger for uh, for the Arsenal games that are coming. And there's so many crucial games that are coming after this international break. The Champions League, I was looking at the fixtures the other day. Uh, Actually, again, my dad just said he was out for dinner with him. Uh, and my kids and we were talking about this and we looked at I was like Tottenham's the next home game, isn't it? And I looked on the on the app and I was like, oh, it's not it's severe next next home game. The next game at the Emirates for Arsenal is a Champions League match. How exciting is that? I just cannot wait. And then it's Tottenham after that. So it's just gay You know the games really start uh, piling up now after the uh, after international break. So really, fingers crossed to everyone, including Gabriel Jesus, comes back in good shape for that. Okay, let's talk about Nicolas Pepe, shall we? Now, there's lots of stuff going on um, in sort of reports going around that he's very, very close to Besiktas. He's having a medical. I think Laquie reported yesterday he had a medical over in Paris ahead of a move to Besiktas. That Besiktas move, which was in the pipeline a couple of weeks ago, but then seemed to collapse. Is now apparently back on again. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. I haven't been able to do it 100. I was told yesterday that everything at the moment is just down, is just speculation when it comes to Pepe. So uh, I can't confirm the reports about the sick tasks, if I can, if I do manage to find out exactly what's going on, then I will, of course, report it next time I do a show. Um, but I'm told at the moment it's just kind of speculation. And so that that perhaps means that it's not quite, Arsenal are not quite as, things are not quite as advanced That so maybe it's been suggested. There is also talk that Saudi clubs are still in the running for Pepe and something could happen there. The fact is Arsenal got, you know, probably about a month to go now before, we get to the situation which a lot of us have been expecting of a contract termination for Pepe because he's not going to be part of Arsenal's plans. He's not If he stays here, he's not going to play. It's, let's put it that way. So something has to happen. And um, there is still time. We've got the Saudi window, I think, is open for a little bit longer yet Then, like I said, the things going on in Turkey. That window's open for a little bit longer yet. There's lots of business being done with Turkey. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. Davinson Sanchez. Tottenham sold Davinson Sanchez. I think it was the Galatasaray, wasn't it? For £13 million. Pounds. He had nine months left on his contract, 13 million pounds. They sold him to Galatasaray, 27. Same age as Rob Holding, who had two years left on his contract, who has won stuff, who has got 200 appearances for Arsenal and Arsenal got one million pounds for Rob Holding, And Tottenham got 13 times that for Davinson Sanchez. <laughs> I I, just—I know lots of you have disagreed with me, but I still never accept that that's a good deal for Arsenal. I know it can rise to four million or three point five million with add-ons, but the initial fee is one million pounds. I don't know how anyone can look at that and think that is a good fee. Take take out your opinion on how good Rob Holding is or how bad Rob Holding is. Whatever you think, and I personally think he's a good Premier League defender, which is why he's gone to a good Premier League club. I still can't get over the fact that Arsenal got that amount of money for him, and that Davinson Sanchez deal. That I, I look at and think they've sold him to uh, Galatasaray, who aren't exactly cash rich. They have got a fair bit of money, but they're not cash rich. Arsenal sold Rob Holding to another Premier League club who are cash rich, and they've got one million pound up front. I just it blows my mind. That deal, and uh, I know lots of you disagree, but hey, that's uh, that's my thought on it. There's no point going back over that again. But yeah, Nicolas Pepe. Uh, so things on the off- things are going on with Pepe. As Arsenal try and find a solution, obviously they'd like ideally to get him off the books in the proper fashion, get a nominal fee, which it will be a nominal fee for Pepe because unlike Holding, he's on huge wages and um, no one's really going to take that on and give Arsenal a decent transfer fee at this stage. Um, So it will be a nominal fee if they can. And that ideally would be Arsenal's preferred option. But if not, as I've said, I still think the uh, contract termination will end up if he's still here when all the other transfer windows around the world are shut and there's no possibility of a move then I'm still sure that Pepe will head out on a contract termination, but we shall see. Jorginho, he's another player who has been linked with um, a move to Turkey in the last couple of days.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: I don't this I, I, this won't happen. I don't think this is gonna happen by any means. And I think I saw quotes from his agents the other day saying, um, you know, he's very much focused on Arsenal and the Champions League. It'll be a disaster for Arsenal. So as much as you probably you might well see these links, there have been links with Jorginho throughout the summer and I've stayed, you know, everyone that I've always talked to at Arsenal have always said that Jorginho is very key to Mikel Arteta's plans this season. And we've seen he's still he's coming on in in the games at the it might not be starting. But he's coming on and playing, making a big, big impact in matches. You know the fact that Thomas Partey has now gone down with this injury as well, which is going to keep him out for you know, hopefully not a massive amount of time, but certainly a good chunk of time, a good few weeks. Um, that it would be madness for Arsenal even to entertain any sort of offers for Jorginho. He's a really key member of the squad, really well liked. You know, huge influence behind the scenes in a tra- in a um, change room and uh, at the training ground and. And he's still a big influence on the pitch as well, as we've seen when he's come on in recent games. I look back to that game against Crystal Palace when he came on, when Arsenal were under the cosh, and he was fantastic. He made such a huge impact in that game. So, um, yeah, all these links that you're probably seeing with Jorginho, and I, I wouldn't take anything into that. Certainly not as far as I'm aware. I think he remains a very key and integral part of Arsenal's plans for this season. And, uh, and will be remain, remaining here to play his part in Premier League and Champions League football. Right, let's go over some of your comments and some questions now, shall we? Now, grouped a few together here. If you're looking at them on the screen, you can see um, from first from Molly Max says, hi Charles. There's been a lot of people commenting. They want Trossard and Vieira in the starting eleven, but in my opinion, they make a much better impact as substitutes. A good example would be the game against Fulham. Trossard started and didn't have and didn't do much at all. Uh, then Vieira came on, was great. Maybe they can be qualified as game-changing substitutes, but not sure. If they have a spot in the starting eleven yet, Havertz has potential and all he's lacking is confidence. I still think he can make a big impact this season. And then the one below that says, one thing that became clear to me yesterday was the strength of our bench quality from goalkeeper to mid and forward players. Excellent. Another one there says, agree 100% about Havertz. He's very low on confidence. He reminds me of Crouch at Liverpool. Arteta is right to stick with him. I think Reece Nelson needs a name check. Rice wouldn't have got the goal without his energy involvement. The subs all seemed to do it. Quality did not drop, but our energy seemed to rise. So all talking about here, the strength of depth in Arsenal and the, op- and the sort of options that Mikel Arteta has on the bench that are available to him. I think they're really, really good points. And I think these options that he does have on the bench have made such big impacts for Arsenal. When you look at all three games they've played recently, since the opening game of the season against Notts Forest, you go back to Crystal Palace, as I said, when Arsenal were under the cross with 10 men and they needed changes, they needed to get some quality on the ball to get a bit of control back in that game. Mikel threw on the likes of uh, Zinchenko and Jorginho, and they made a huge impact in that game. Suddenly, Arsenal got control again. And it was really, really important. The Fulham game we mentioned, obviously, Trossard got the start, didn't really do it. Then Arsenal put on um, Fabio Vieira, didn't he? came on, and he was absolutely brilliant in that game. Eddie Nketi came on, scored the goal. Um, and then again, against... Um, Uh, against United at the weekend. Like I said, Reese Nelson, what an impact Rhys Nelson made when he came off the bench. I didn't talk about that yesterday, I should have done, because he was really, really impressive. It was a brilliant cameo from Reese, and the, the part he played in that third goal, winning the ball off Rashford, getting the ball to Vieira was really, really crucial. Vieira then, of course, with the assist, and then Gabriel Jesus with the goal, all three substitutes there combining to score Arsenal's third goal and make such a massive impact in that game. And that's what Mikel Arteta and a lot of the squad building's been about. Obviously, Havertz has yet to hit the ground running, is yet to really make too much of an impact. But when you look at Arsenal, defensively aside, where well, I still think they are a little bit short after the work that was done in January and the players they let go, I think certainly with the goalkeeper with David Raya, of course, but their midfield and attack, Arsenal got real options on the bench to change the game, to make impacts. And you know, Mikel doesn't call them substitutes, of course. They're not called substitutes at Arsenal. You never hear that word at the training ground when they're talking or anything like that. They're called impactors. That's the new phrase that has been replaced the word substitutes because that's what they're there for. It's not the case that they're a sub, it's they're there to make an impact and come on. And, you know, that's what I think we're certainly seeing that so far in the first three games of the season. And that phrase impact is, is certainly ringing very, very true because we've seen it in each game. They've come off the bench and they've made a big, big impact. And um, and I think that's really great to see. There's lots of strength in depth there for Arsenal. <laughs> Uh, here's one replying to something I said yesterday. So when I said I don't think Party would have started even if he was fit um, against United, and he said, "Really? If Party was fit, um, how could he have benched? How how could he have been benched in favour of Havertz? I think that's ridiculous. I don't think he would have been benched in favour of Havertz. He would have been benched in favour of Declan Rice. I just don't think that if everyone was fit." I don't think he would have played Party and Rice in the same midfield. He would have, I don't think Party would have gone holding in the holding role and Rice would have gone as number eight. I think Rice would have stayed in the number eight and uh, Party would have been on the bench. So I don't think it was anything to do with Havertz. So I think it would have been the same back four that we saw against United with Zinchenko back. I think Ben White would have been right back and the two centre backs would have been Saliba and Gabriel. And I honestly think it would have been Rice. In that role, and he would have been favoured ahead of Thomas Party. But obviously, it's all hypothetical. We don't know. That's just my presumption. But that's what I don't think it was anything to do in favour of Havertz. I think Havertz would have played anyway. I just think it it would have been a straight choice between Rice and, um, and Party. And I think Rice probably would have got the nod. OK, here's one from uh, pressive pra- 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 oh, Sorry, I have probably got that horrendously wrong. I do apologise. Um, you can't start Vieira in the next game because it's a way to physical Everton. Havertz may, however, suit Champions League game the midweek after. Yeah, uh, the Vieira one's interesting. Obviously, with each performance he has off the bench, the calls are getting stronger for Vieira to start a Premier League game. I do look at what's going to come at Goodison Park after the international break. 4.30 kickoff. You know, Everton have just got their first point of the season against Sheffield United. They've just got Beto up front, who's obviously making a big impact. They're going to go very, very long, very direct, especially with him as the central striker, six foot four, big old lump of a guy he is. Um, and you just know what's going to come at Goodison Park and what Arsenal are going to have to face at Goodison Park. And they failed miserably to deal with that there last season in Dyche's first game in charge. They ended up losing 1-0 to a set piece and Everton bullied Arsenal. They really did. They were physical from the start and Arsenal couldn't really cope with it. Um, one of the few times last season we really saw that from this Arsenal side and you do wonder, as good as Fabio Vieira has been playing off the bench recently, Goodison Park, I'm not sure that is a game from Fabio Vieira, I have to admit, and I think Habits will probably still start that game, even though he's not been playing great and it probably would be wise to take him out of the firing line a little bit. I look at what's to come at Goodison and I do wonder if Havertz might well get the nod for that. I mean, you look at, you, you say that Havertz may however suit Champions League game the midweek after. I look at that as possibly more of a game for Fabio Vieira playing against um, it's PSV, isn't it? Not Sevilla, it's PSV the first game. Um, you sort of look at that and think at uh, the Emirates against PSV and the European um competition that could well be a game which we see Fabio Vieira give a nod so uh it's all good choices to have though isn't it when you've got these players that people are calling for um and I thought this was an interesting one from Michael talking about Fabio Vieira so I know some gooners have incredibly poor me- memories uh short tempers and are prone to irrational and knee-jerk behavior but can they remember the grief they were given Vieira last season all of a sudden Vieira is a god and they are now aiming their ire at Kai please just stop guys players can take a while to adapt and this is well known some players do well from day one But some takes take a season to get into the groove. Just get off Kai's back, give him your full support, and help him uh, become yet another club legend. Look, I think it's a really good comment. I'm not sure he's going to go on and become a club legend. Who knows? He might do. He might score a goal that makes him that. Um, But I think you do have to give players time. And lots of people said he's been in England for three years. It's not you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything when you change clubs. And I'll, I'll use Jack Grealish as a prime example of this. Jack Grealish was a seasoned premier league player when he was at aston villa he was aston villa captain he was huge he was an england international massively important player he went to manchester city and for the first six months of that he he, you know he looked nothing like a 100 million pound player he couldn't get in the team he was on the bench when he played he did nothing and everyone was pretty much looking at him calling him a flop it took him six months at least to get into the swinging things under guardiola at a new club despite having come from aston villa and having played in England for all those years and grown up in English football. So I don't necessarily look at it and think, oh, Havertz, just because he's beat at Chelsea, he doesn't deserve any time to settle. He has to hit the ground running. I don't really buy that. I think you've got to give each player, you know, each is different. Everyone's got a different mindset. Everyone takes different times, amounts to, uh, to adjust. Kai Havertz has come from a club where he had zero confidence, where he struggled for ages, and he's come to Arsenal and he's still looking like a player with zero confidence who is struggling. Hopefully that will change. Hopefully in time that will change. It did for Jack Grealish and hopefully it will here now. So that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. As usual, I do appreciate your time. So, uh, and I'll be back a bit later on this evening as well. So keep your eyes out for that inside Arsenal. Extra time with myself and James Benj will go out at some point this evening. So keep your eyes peeled, everyone. Thank you very much. Have a good day. I'll speak to you soon.
1: Small details are big surfaces.